0: Good afternoon. Welcome to this very special episode of Screen Cleaning, where we are going to be giving out our Screeny Awards. Isn't that right, Cole? The Screen Cleaning Awards, the the cleaners, the whatever they are. They go by many names.
1: We're celebrating the Oscars today on Screen Cleaning.
0: And what better way to do that than to invite a guest? So let's address the Canadian elephant in the room right off the bat. rod gustafson i'm sorry that was a horrible introduction you're our friend you're our special guest here <laughs> on the show today welcome
2: thank you thank you you know what can i suggest a name for the awards i think we should call them the squeegees the squeegees the squeegees let's <laughs> do the squeegees how
1: else do you clean your screen that's right that might
0: that's be appropriate because then Squeegee. we could we could uh, clean this window that's separating <laughs> rod and i from cole right now that's right i well, think I he's little- in there but who knows If we had a squeegee, we could tell for sure. if we had a squeegee. Well, welcome. Yeah. So, Cole, just just do a little bit of a tease as to what we're going to be doing later in the show. We will be
1: handing out our awards, whatever you want to call them. We'll be going down some of the major categories that the Oscars has as well, including Best Picture, Best Director, the four major acting awards, and because – We are the screen-cleaning show that talks about kids' movies a little bit more. We're going to do animation. Uh, We've nominated our own movies, not necessarily the movies that the Oscars nominated. But there will be some overlap. There will be some overlap. And then we'll talk about just some of our own snubs from the Oscars or from each other's lists uh, and go from there. Okay. But that's coming up after what we start every week on, and that is the best in entertainment news. Ooh, what good news is there, Cole? Um, I've got good news, sort of. There's going to be another Green Hornet. Remember, so it's still... It's Okay, so it's not January anymore, but when we did our January show, I talked about how The Green Hornet is the only movie to have released in January in the past 20 years that's actually the highest grossing movie of that January. Normally it's it's either a, a blockbuster thing or, or an Oscar-baity thing from the year previous that just keeps making money during the course of January. Sure, But when Seth Rogen, uh, of all people, went back and tackled this just property from the 1950s and 60s it actually made the most money that january and guess what we're going back to it again there's going to be another green hornet
0: with seth rogan or are they doing a reboot
1: no it's a yeah total reboot it's going to be a different idea i mean it was successful for a january movie but in general it's not considered to have been good hmm if okay. it was, it would have had a sequel before now. Now, this is just a reboot, a re-idea. A, a new studio trying to get into that superhero game that is, you know, I mean, there's room for another superhero, right? It's not like we get 30 different ones yeah, every there's year. there's
2: always room for another superhero. Yeah, we'll I'm see. a
0: little surprised that they gave him $120 million to make this film based on this television show from the 60s.
1: You know, the last time I heard of the Green Hornet, um, other than talking about it making money in January or seeing that there was a new one, everything kind of came together because I watched Once Upon
0: a Time in Hollywood, which we may be talking about later in the be show. We talking
1: about it, an Oscar-nominated movie, maybe a Squeegee-nominated movie. Um, Interesting. Where they talked, where there's like a little cutaway where Brad Pitt and Bruce no Brad Pitt and
0: Bruce
2: Lee, yeah, Bruce
1: Lee
0: mm-hmm. have a little
1: uh, confrontation. They have a little tussle. And, a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. So, so yeah.
2: The Green Hornet sits totally outside of any of the other franchises, doesn't it? Like, Yeah, The Green as, Hornet. Yeah, there are also comic
1: books, but it is not a DC or Marvel I'd never
2: property. put that together before. It's on its own.
0: And I think people often get it confused with The Green Lantern, Uh huh. Yeah. which well, is another movie that probably ought to be rebooted because that one didn't do all that well either.
1: The Green Lantern is... A core member of the DC pantheon, if you're going to actually tackle the DC characters, he just happened to have had a bad movie and so people have a stink on him but when you actually watch the tv shows or read the comic books the many iterations of green lantern and the green lantern universe is just as robust and loved by comic book people as superman or aquaman or kind of the the well maybe not so like superman batman and wonder woman are up here but then like the next tier of flash and green lantern Mm -hmm. and everyone that's that's next okay
0: well i'm Mm. excited cole Because later this month in February, uh, we are finally going to get season five of Better Call Saul. And you can go online and watch the new trailer for it now. It looks as if he's now taking clients from a circus tent. Because why not, right? If that is where that character is going to end up, you got to start somewhere uh, before you get to the strip mall, right?
1: I like talking about comic book news and Jeopardy news. Jeffrey loves talking about Better Call Saul news. Eventually, that series will be done, and then what are you going to go to? But Jeff?
0: I and we've talked about this uh, last week. We know exactly when that will be done, or how much longer the show will last, because it got a sixth and final season. But the sixth, the sixth season will have more episodes, and it will have the final. Episode total at one more than Breaking Bad. So they were very in sync for the entire run. Now, I understand that there's a movie that came back a little while ago that we never reviewed or talked about on the show. And so we wanted to give our friend and guest, Rod Gustafson, a chance to do that very thing. Rod, what are we going to be talking about?
2: Well, and it is actually, you can still find this in theaters. uh, This is a movie called Just Mercy. And uh, this was a film that uh, I really enjoyed and if we bring up snubs later this title may come back up again this is a based on a true story of Brian Stevenson who was played by Michael B Jordan in this movie and uh, Brian Stevenson uh, just an amazing guy he and uh, another person by the name of Eva Ansley who was played by Brie Larson in this film they uh, f- Founded The Equal Justice Initiative, and what this is, is it's an initiative where they work with inmates who are on death row mm. that they feel are wrongfully convicted, uh, perhaps they are totally innocent, or through prejudice and bias in the judicial system that they have received sentences that were far more harsh than what typically is being sure. handed out. And not surprising, many of these people, in fact, the vast majority of them are African-Americans. So uh, this film uh, follows through uh, the story of one of these people. His name is Walter McMillan, who's played by Jamie Foxx. And he um, he was accused of murdering a young white girl in Alabama, and there was really no evidence to support his conviction and uh, In fact, the jury uh sentenced him to life and the The judge overruled it and sentenced him to the death penalty and so uh Brian Stevenson takes us on and uh and it, it's just a really interesting film as you walk through what is, it is. It like for these inmates who are on death row, and and just the perspective of it, I found was really interesting. I had an opportunity to hear Brian Stevenson speak. He was here at BYU last year. Just an amazing, amazing man, and the work that he is doing in this area. And he's talking about how there are still situations where teenagers who are minors are being sentenced to death row, and uh, and the the work that he is doing to try and help us better understand it's you know going we talk about movies on this show and in movies often we're dealing with antagonists bad guys so to speak it's mm-hmm. black or white you're a bad guy mm-hmm. and uh he really promotes the idea that there's much more to a person's life than than one bad thing and sometimes it can be a really bad thing and this movie in no way is is saying that uh, people don't deserve very harsh punishment if they have been truly and rightfully convicted. But in many cases, the prejudice uh, really can taint the uh, the judicial system. And somebody who is of a different race or perhaps of a different economic background can receive a very different sentence than someone else. So an amazing film. Uh, looking at it from a movie perspective, the performances, really solid Really engaging, keeps you on the edge of your seat, of course, as you're looking at these life and death situations. And uh, it's a very well-constructed film. And I did quite a bit of fact-checking on it, too. And al- although they have created some character composites and that type of thing, what you see on the screen, in fact, it's a little watered down from some, from oh, wow. some of what actually is really happening. So,
0: So a good film. film. Not one that uh, that was talked about in Oscar consideration, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, yeah. one that we and ought to check out. That's and-
1: the kind of mind-blowing thing for me. It's appropriate we're talking about the award season and the same day that you come on to review this because this had an awardsy kind of release it schedule. Did. It Right at the end of December and then wider as we got into January. And in fact, they were... A very serious subject matter that seems to lend itself to that. And you said yeah. the quality to back it up too. It, it, weird that it doesn't get any of the, It really,
2: really is. And in fact, they were even promoting it in the awards. The way it works is that there are certain movies the studios select and you get screener discs or invitations to special screeners and this one was part of that circuit and yet didn't show up really anywhere well pg-13 by the way on that one is the uh, rating
0: okay well thank you rod thanks for seeing that and letting us know that there's another good one that you know is not a part of the dump heap that a lot of people think january and february mm-hmm. is that's right so when we return we're going to finally hand out our Screeny Awards for 2019. The squeegees,
2: you mean, right?
0: The, well, the, you call them what you the will. The cleanies. <laughs> you, and you may agree with us, you may not.
2: But I think you know, I need know, to get oh, a Twitter God, thing going
0: but, here on that. So but that's coming up next when we return. This is Screen so Cleaning. We can change this world for the better.
2: The
0: we all need grace. We all need mercy. Amen.
1: Welcome back to Screen Cleaning. This is our once a year annual screen cleany, squeegee, screeny kind of whatever it is he awards. And I'm your not-so-much-of-a-host, Cole Wissinger, because in the honor of the Oscars, we've decided to go hostless, as you do in the awards right now. So let's get right into the awards. It's my favorite time of the year where we talk about the best performances, the best movies, the best directing across all of the movies we saw during the course of 2019. Again, I'm Cole Wissinger in the studio with Rod Gustafson and Jeffrey Liam Simpson to help nominate... He's oh, getting some sleep mm, mm, mm. That that is Jeffrey trying to nap on the job. Yeah, he's,
2: Apparently he's, the awards he's drooling on the microphone. No, mm. oh, the awards weren't exciting
0: me. enough. For sorry, him. I'm sorry, you guys. I just I must have dozed off there while I was thinking about the movie Joker. Um you Did you guys see this film from the Joker himself? It's my own fault, though. I. I'm so tired because I stayed up all night. Uh, And, you know, here's a joke for you. What do you get when you stay up all night watching a film that you knew you weren't going to like? You get what you deserve. That, of course, is the edited version of that line. Um, You know, (laughs) it's not all bad when it comes to the Joker. You know why? Because the best thing I can say about the Joker is that it's helping people lose weight. There are so many people that are flocking to those Joker steps that, uh, man, if you could see how (laughs) how difficult it was for Joaquin to get up those stairs in the movie, you can understand. I feel
2: for the neighbors.
0: Well, these are the new Rocky steps. You just never know. Joker is helping people lose weight. You know, it's interesting. Cole pointed out that... uh, Randy Newman is nominated both for his work in Toy Story for Best Original Song and then Best Original Score for Marriage Story. And it got mm-hmm. me thinking, these movies actually have some similarities in them, right? They both they both have the word story in the title, right? Marriage Story, Toy Story, they both have Randy Newman as the composer, and oddly enough, Uh, By the end of the movie, they both have a character forfeiting most of their possessions, right? Because you've seen (laughs) Toy Story 3 and, uh, you know, the divorce and marriage story. I had not thought about that. Yeah. Oh, come on now, Cole. Andy gives up all his toys. All right. Oh, oh, no. Okay. (laughs) They really want me to move on from that one, apparently. Our studio audience, uh, thank you for being here, by the way, studio audience. So... Yes! They're glad to applaud themselves, but just not the host. So, in honor of a film that was snubbed for Best Picture this year, what I'd like to do is I'd like to calm things down here. And I'd like for us to just take a minute and and think about all the films this year that were snubbed. Just one minute... Actually, we don't have time for a minute, but we will talk about some of the films that were snubbed this year. You know, Christian Bale, Cole and I both raved about Christian Bale. Christian Bale was actually in the lead to be nominated, but uh, was forced to slow down at the last minute to make way for Jonathan Price and Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> Get it? Because in, in the movie, down. he had to slow down. Slow down. Interesting. Yes. Um, now put the brakes. Did on. anybody but me see the film The Farewell? Rod, you, I saw. The you farewell. saw The Farewell, uh-huh. right? Okay. Yes.
2: One of my wife's favorite films of the year.
0: Yeah, another film that was snubbed, um, but that very early on was had a lot of Oscar buzz around it. Aquafina wasn't nominated, and also uh, too too bad for Shuhen Zhao. She was actually nominated, even though her list doesn't appear on the list of nominees. This is the character in the film that, uh, you know, she's the grandma that has a terminal illness, right? And she was actually nominated. But the Academy decided not to tell her because they thought the shock would kill her. Uh,
2: uh, 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 uh.
0: No, that had absolutely... You know why I think the audience was totally silent on that one? Because they didn't see the film. (laughs) In the film, her character... Is dying. Nobody wants to tell her because they think the shock would kill her. Cole, this one will be speaking your language a little more. I know that you are a huge fan of Uncut Gems and Adam Sandler's performance in that. (laughs) You know, and audiences will... Okay, wow. Uh, Audiences will be forgiven, though, if they can't exactly remember which Adam Sandler movie this is because... His movies are all the same, right? So we thought we'd help you out here. If you need a little help remembering which Adam Sandler movie this is, uh, it's the only one where he doesn't speak gibberish, go on vacation with his friends, or make fun of old people, young people, or obese people. So just keep that in mind, and you'll remember that that's Uncut Gems. Okay. Okay. I won't
1: stand for that uncut gem (laughs) slander, Jeffrey.
0: (laughs) You know, I was really surprised, especially after seeing The Irishman. I was surprised that Robert De Niro was totally snubbed for his performance in that three and a half hour movie. Right. You know. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Robert De Niro has won two Oscars. Robert De Niro needs another Oscar nomination like he needs a hole in the head. Huh? Right, right, Joaquin Phoenix, huh? Oh, they really turned on me in that one. But this is interesting, Cole, because when I sh- I workshopped that joke with you, that you laughed out loud.
1: That that was the only joke I heard before <laughs> this all started. And it, Rod, you may, may not have it. seen that
0: part of Joker, and you probably can count yourself grateful for yeah, not seeing that. I scene. will
2: count myself grateful. I've heard about it. Okay.
0: So. Well, and then finally. Uh, Frozen 2. No Best Animated Feature nomination for Frozen 2. Yay. Frozen Sorry. 2 actually did have a nomination for Best Animated Feature, but it actually disappeared. Into the Unknown. Into the Unknown. You should have warned me.
1: I could okay. have cued that song up. Now, a
0: little bit. the. The audience, again, no reaction on that one, which is surprising because that movie made over a billion dollars. You would have think that the audience would have had some
2: reaction to that joke. Interesting. Mm, Silence again. You know, that is a huge snub, too, for Disney, not having Frozen 2. I was totally fine with it not being nominated. Oh, me too. I'm not a fan of the franchise to begin with. Especially
1: considering that it may or may not be nominated even by us. Jeff, thank you so much for that monologue, but now we are on to the nominees.
0: No, all, uh, no uh, adjectives to even describe to... it. It was he's just a acknowledging, monologue. He's just acknowledging that it happened. That
1: happened, and now we're moving on <laughs> to the rest of the awards. Jeff, I appreciate i I do, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate the joke writing a skill that I don't have. You bring an authenticity to the screen cleanies that... I think we would be missing without the monologue every year.
0: Screen cleanies. I think I'm okay with that one, a.k.a. the squeegees. The squeegees. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to
1: start with the acting categories, and we're going to start with the supporting folks. Best Supporting Actress, the nominees are, and the the way we did this, folks, just to explain one more time, is that Jeff, Rod, and I all individually came up with five or so nominees for each category, and just like the actual Oscars, if an actor or movie attained a level of nominations, then it was actually nominated. Now, for us, because there's three of us, uh, two out of three ain't bad, we agree with you, Meatloaf, and so if anyone got Two out of the three nominations, they made it onto our nominee list.
0: Is that a meatloaf song? Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Two out of oh, three. You oh, you yeah. bet. I would eat... do anything for love is his other song. I know that one. Song. Yeah. He really
1: only had the two. Okay. And in Rocky Horror Picture Show. But that was not nominated this year.
0: Let's please not mention that Who movie was during this conversation.
1: was Florence Pugh, Little Women, Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, and Laura Dern, Marriage story.
0: Hmm. So we, have, this one only has three nominations.
1: Three nominees that kind of crossed over between the three of our lists. Rod, who gets
2: your vote? Um, for me, on this list, it's Florence Pugh of Little Women. Jeffrey. Yeah. Interesting. Playing Amy March, by the way, in the classic book.
0: My, I, I thought she was great in the role. My only issue is. I, I kind of wonder if it would have been better if they cast somebody else in the younger version of her character because mm, yeah. you could tell that when she was turning on, okay, here's my younger character and here's my older character, right? So I am actually – I had thought that Laura Dern had never been nominated before, but it turns out she'd been nominated twice before this time. I think this is her award to lose in the actual ceremony And I thought she was quite good and very believable in this role as a divorce attorney. I'm voting for Laura Dern in Marriage Story.
1: Gun to my head, if I had to nominate Laura Dern for anything, it would have been her supporting role in Little Women as well. Couldn't Mm -hmm. stand anything that was really going on on that side of things in Marriage Story. And I'm going to cast my deciding vote for Florence Pugh in Little Women. I know that she did two different things, but that's called acting. Yes. And she pulled it off. I'd never seen a little woman before. I didn't realize the kind of age dynamics that normally take place when you adapt this and I thought Florence Pugh did a wonderful
0: job.
2: I I felt that way too. I didn't feel like the criticism I've heard about that character was was justified. I thought Are you talking about really for about- me
0: or in general?
2: In general, oh, okay. because I've heard that from a lot of people. Okay, yeah, yeah. but All right. especially from you, Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will tell you this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more here on the show. But I left that movie thinking, "Wow, the acting in that movie was phenomenal." So, and Little I'm, Women, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay. It yeah, won't with be that. the
1: last time Little Women is mentioned, but unfortunately, not in our next category, which is Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> And here we have two nominees from the same movie. Interesting. It is Chris Cooper, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and
2: Little Women, by the way. Who I <laughs> took right. me, You know, I had to stare at him in Little Women, thinking, "Who is that? Who is that? That's Chris Cooper." Yeah, yeah, yeah great yeah. makeup. Okay. Bob,
1: Bob Odenkirk, who had a supporting role in Little Women, did not have that effect on me. I was like, no. oh, weird.
0: Yeah. Bob Odenkirk no, is in this now. It was probably a little distracting <laughs> to have Bob Odenkirk, yeah. I will admit. That's, uh-huh.
1: that's my one single complaint from Little Women. But, that, but our other nominee, Best Supporting Actor, also A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Tom Hanks.
0: I don't know that I need to spend much time on this. Tom Hanks. I also vote Tom Hanks.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But boy, I like Chris Cooper. I thought Tom but, Hanks yeah.
0: was so disarming in this role. Yeah. I remember watching this film and my jaw was just open and I the same thing that you see on screen with these other characters basically just being in awe of this person that really, this this is how you are. You're just you're that good of a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will do anything and everything you ask me to do. I'm totally on board with this. And it wasn't so much an impersonation as it was just in, just capturing the spirit of Mister Rogers, and I think they did such an amazing. I, I job I think with that. what
2: you just said—that's what was really important because I've seen other actors who impersonate real life people that we're very familiar with, but miss the 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 kind of the just the spirit of it. But Tom got that.
0: Okay, yep. Tom Hanks wins the Screen Cleaning Award. For Best Supporting Actor. Congratulations, Tom Hanks. One of
1: my honorable mentions for the Supporting Actor category uh, got his luck turned around and was nominated for Best Lead. It's how the Academy saw it as well. We'll talk Best Lead Actor, including nominee Christian Bale from Ford v. Ferrari in a role I, I thought was more supporting, but my two colleagues called lead, and so he gets the nomination here. Then we have Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Leonardo DiCaprio, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Brad Pitt, Ad Astra.
0: All right. I am so excited to talk about these different picks. Um, yeah. Brad, Ad Astra was a film that I thought was totally overlooked. I loved it. At the time I saw it, it was my favorite movie of the year. Audiences didn't love it as much as I did. Apparently Or not.
2: as much as the critics did either. You're not right. the only reviewer that enjoyed it. Yeah. Right.
0: But for me um I, first of all let me tell you how happy I am to not talk about Joker in this category and we can we can mention briefly the the winners that we think the academy will pick.
1: Yeah, so far I think Laura Dern and Tom Hanks are front runners in those first two acting categories. Mm-hmm. I would disagree with
0: you them. a little bit, but we can talk more about that. Okay. Um yeah, I'm so happy to not be talking about Joaquin Phoenix's performance Who here. Who
1: will win and deserves it?
0: Um But I would vote for Adam Driver (laughs) in Marriage Story. I didn't know he was this good of an actor. I didn't know he could sing. Um, And I just thought his performance was so powerful. I choose Adam Driver, who is really Joaquin Phoenix's main competition, I would say.
2: I have to agree with you. When he started singing, I thought, okay, this, this just nailed it for me. And... This was one of those movies I went into with totally, I thought, oh, here's another story about a bunch of rich white people in the film industry having a tiff over their marriage. And yet it was so much more than that. It it really was.
1: I mean, this movie's, movie is nothing without its capital A acting and Adam mm-hmm. Driver and mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson just oh, yeah. acting at each other the whole dang time. Without Joaquin Phoenix to vote for, though, Adam Driver does sweep it for us. Adam Yay. Driver gets my vote as well. And there's
2: something about hearing Kylo Ren's voice in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just but, had to say that. But yeah,
1: Before we move on, Brad Pitt um, nominated here for his role in Ad Astra, not the supporting role that he may steal away from Tom Hanks mm-hmm. uh, from Once Upon a Time Once, in Hollywood. Th- yeah. When I walked out of Ad Astra, I didn't love the movie, I think, as much as Jeffrey did but i thought that he was a dark horse for that understated role that's kind of a an overstated phrase when describing acting but it it really it describes it really well he's doing something very different and right. it, it looked like acting and he got you to believe in a character that isn't your normal prototypical space adventure hero it's it's a different thing
0: so i think you hit the nail on the head i feel like I feel like with Brad Pitt's performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was just Brad Brad, Pitt. It was Brad Pitt. He's he's being nominated for being himself. But here you could tell that something was different. He was acting and it was an understated performance. But you could see why he was making the choices that he did because he was supposed to be playing this character who had to basically turn off all emotion. And you could see him – Really struggle with that in the movie. You could you could sh- see him wanting to show emotion, but holding back because that's what the person in his profession is supposed to do. So I loved it. But uh, Adam Driver wins this award, so
2: he gets the squeegee. Yes. Did you know that your wife really loves you if you squeegee the shower? So our <laughs> award <laughs> we've got is one in not our shower. Not only see it's practical too. Thank yeah. you. going to get right. that in. We're
1: actually giving away squeegees. Do they have to be like gold-plated squeegees, <laughs> well, though? And then
2: would they could... not work? Well, you'd have to squeegees? still make sure the blade is well, the, flexible. The handle yeah, can yeah, be yeah. gold,
0: but the rubber part needs <laughs> yeah. to stay rubber. 24-karat okay. yeah. no, just... gold? I'll Authentic work on this, gold. guys. Yeah. Okay. I'll try and figure something out. So, so what's next, <laughs> Cole?
1: Well, we just have one more acting category to go. It is the Best Lead Actress. Hmm. And our nominees are Renee Zellweger from Judy. Saoirse Ronan, Little Women, and Scarlett Johansson again, this time for Marriage Story.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to vote with – well, I, I won't say who the Oscar, or the, the Academy is going to pick because we'll do that a little later. But I did see Judy, and I thought Renee Zellweger was fantastic in this movie. This movie would not uh, – let me let me let me say this, okay? This is a vehicle for Renee Zellweger. It's really the only notable thing about the film. The film as a whole is kind of depressing, but it's a showboat performance. It was this movie was created so that Renee Zellweger could get an Oscar nomination and it just may get her an actual Oscar. So I'm voting for Renee Zellweger in Judy.
1: I I realized as I was coming up with my nomination list that Just as a movie fan, I don't lean towards movies that are like that because when you think of who should be the lead actress and lead actor and, you know, you go to movies that were built for them and I kind of avoided those in the theaters this year. I I haven't seen Judy and so I can't comment towards how great that performance probably was, but I just know that I probably... Wouldn't like the movie because I don't like those, like, one-people-driven things. And so I just didn't see them this year. That's
0: my own fault. So your vote is?
1: My vote is going to go towards Saoirse Ronan, Little
0: Women. Okay. Rod, it's all up to you. Or you
1: could split the vote.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I want to give Scarlett Johansson this this award just because I really liked her hair. (laughs) Wow. I really liked her hair. But... But it's Renee for me. I I really thought that performance just blew me away. And it's a good thing they have Renee in that movie because, yeah, it, she really did make the film. And unlike Hole, I do like these stories where you can dig deep into one person's life and uh and that really—I learned a lot about Judy Garland, did some fact-checking, as they usually do on these things, and uh, it was pretty—it stuck pretty close to what really happened to her. And it, it, I just felt like that was a real eye-opening movie. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it because of Renée Zellweger. Okay. Two out of
1: two people that actually saw it, recommend the performance. I'll go with that. I'm exceeding that category.
0: All right. Renée Zellweger walks away with a Screen cleaning Award.
1: And when we come back, we will have our final three awards relating to the Best Director, Best Animated Feature, and then the big award of the night, Best Picture. That's all coming next on Screen Cleaning. Somewhere over the rainbow, way up high. Welcome back to the Squeegee Awards here on Screen Cleaning, the Screen Cleany, Clean Clean, Cleaners.
0: The name keeps changing throughout yeah. the show.
1: As, you know, the Oscars are hostless, when I'm forced into a host role, I, I you know, I'd and when just we, change it as when we, we
0: come back from the next break, we will have been sponsored by Taco Bell, so we'll, our name will change even again. I can only what? hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I could tag, like, the Screen Cleanies brought to you by Taco Bell, I would.
0: I would be all <laughs> on board. Is that
2: how come you got that taco dripping all over your keyboard oh, and I excuse didn't get me. one? I mean, Sorry. normally. Gosh. <laughs>
0: it's all about the double-decker, right? So should we review the winners that have uh, been crowned so far? Thus far, we have awarded
1: all of the acting categories, and our winners so far are Florence Pugh's performance in Little Women, Tom Hanks in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Renee Zellweger from Judy, and... It was Adam Driver, unanimously, selected for Marriage Story.
0: Yay! I'm so excited about that. I would love to see Kylo Ren walk away with an
2: Oscar.
1: <laughs> Especially in a year where Kylo Ren had such a such an interesting year I, at the movie. I think that's
2: going to be a surprise and going to go out on a limb and... Ooh, well, Is this the time no, that we can talk the, about no. Okay, I'll be so quiet. Strike that from the record. Strike that from the record.
1: <laughs> but we'll, we'll give you a chance to say it again. Sure. Okay. Right now, let's dive into the last three categories, and we're going to start, as, as we try to focus on the family here on Screen Cleaning, with the best animated movies we saw last year. Our nominees are Klaus, The Lego Movie
0: 2, the second part. Thank you for getting the full title in there.
1: Missing Link, Toy Story 4. And I Lost My Body.
0: Oh, my goodness. This is one that's on Netflix right now, right? It is. I need to see Mm -hmm. that. I have not seen
2: it. Amazing animation. Although you can say that about all of these.
0: I I do love that this year they didn't go the Boss Baby route and choose films that were just popular. Because that film certainly should never have been nominated for an Oscar. I love it when they will choose obscure pics that they want to bring to people's attention i mm. love that and i can't wait to check out that movie
1: it's also a foreign foreign based movie as well yeah. i mean netflix yeah. will let you listen to it in whatever language you want because they're netflix but it was originally a french movie <laughs> this mm-hmm.
0: certainly seems like the year that the academy just fully embraced these streaming services, and in particular Netflix. I don't know that well. Netflix any of the other streaming now, services really got yeah, any now nominations? Now that Netflix
2: has joined the Motion Picture Association, that's I think has been a big turning point.
0: Yeah. You. Yep. Okay. So, so out of these animated do
1: movies, think? Rod, you go first.
2: Well, you know, I love Pixar, but this year I thought. I don't know. I I really would like to think, to truly want to vote for another film that's not Pixar, but here I am again, Toy Story 4. Okay.
0: Mm. You'd be, I mean, that's certainly understandable. It, It, went out on an emotional note, just like Toy Story three did, but that is the biggest obstacle that I just can 't get over yes, is that they should have ended at three yep. and Toy Story Four is basically an alternate version of toy story three well here 's just another possible ending for toy Story three, and uh, i can 't vote for it on those grounds, and it didn't it didn 't grab me as emotionally as Toy Story three did. I'm going to go with the film, although I loved uh, what they did with the Lego Movie too, even though it wasn't as fresh or funny as the first one. I'm going to have to go with the one that surprised me the most and that uh, is going to become a new Christmas classic for our family, and that's Klaus. I think you said it, Rod, that the animation is beautiful in it. And it's certainly a film that nobody thought would be this good. It's Netflix's first animated feature And I think it's very deserving of the nomination and of the award. And it will win the award because I also
1: vote for Klaus. Jeff, the last time we spoke about animated movies of 2019, (laughs) I voted for Missing Link. I still think that was a very, very strong movie. But just last night, I watched Klaus because I knew I needed to know what your hype was about. Why, Why do you continue recommending this Christmas movie? And gosh... It was amazing. It was so beautiful. It's got a different style animation, and the animation contributes to the story, which is what I always, always, always look at whenever I'm trying to see a good animated... Again, Boss Baby is just CGI characters. It could have been live action-ish or it could, sure. you know, but but the way they animate Klaus and the way they use shadows and the way they make Santa Claus larger than life compared to this, you know, just bumbling postman that goes on the journey. I, I thought everything about it was beautiful. I cried multiple, multiple times. Made me wish it was Christmas all over again yeah. here a
2: month later. Okay. Uh, I, I cry movie. easily in movies, but were you chopping onions or something? Seriously? I you cried, cried multiple times m- multiple in Klaus. Times in
1: Klaus. Okay. I did. Cole, uh, I uh, I have am to a give sucker it for try. Christmas. Rod, Gosh.
0: usually we accuse coal of being made of stone, but, man, yeah, maybe there's something wrong with maybe you this Maybe it's the time. Canadian
2: in me, but <laughs> I am so tired of the metaphor of warming people's hearts in a frozen wasteland. <laughs> like, okay, you know, I'll give you that. What, what, we didn't like even to, nominate Frozen. That's, that's what did <laughs> Frozen 2. Yeah. And well, Frozen 1. As we said, frozen also.
0: <laughs> as I said when we reviewed that movie, Frozen 2 was a big, hot mess. Anyway, so that's <laughs> the award for best animated feature.
1: And now the award for best directing.
0: Ooh.
1: Greta Gerwig in Little Women, Marielle Heller, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho, Parasite.
0: Okay, now I should uh I should not I should, I should say that I'm, I'm not going to be voting for Bong Joon-ho because solely for the fact that I did not see Parasite. I have seen one of his other films, Snowpiercer, and if we were talking about that film, I would absolutely nominate him because that film was amazing to me, and I've heard pretty mixed things about Parasite. So my vote would actually be for the person that, when we finished watching this film, I said, I cannot believe she was not nominated for best director and that's Greta Gerwig for Little Women. That would be my pick.
1: I uh Rod, you go next. <laughs> well
2: Okay. Here's it I really do think this year we should be having a, a female win this award and uh, Greta Gerwig. I really enjoyed this version of Little Women. I'm not a big fan of Little Women. My wife and her four sisters adore Little Women. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, but I really enjoyed, I thought this was a really fresh take on it. I enjoyed the nonlinear uh, presentation of the story. And that requires a really, a, a really good hand from the director's chair. And I thought that came across really well.
1: Yeah. My reaction to Little Women when I talked about it here on the show was I couldn't believe that just a movie about a bunch of people talking together could look so cinematic. And I think Mm, that's the mm -hmm. result of a great director. Like, I mean, Little Women was one of my favorite movies, but it is... Definitely my favorite directing job of the year. Putting everything together in that non-linear. The more I learn about like other adaptations or the book Little Women, the more I really appreciate how Greta Gerwig took it and made it something better. Here, it's going to be unanimous. I mean, Bong Joon Ho, the directing in Parasite was was really really amazing, and he and would be what right a there tough too. Tough film to direct, and uh, just a wild, different, different kind of a movie, but. We, I, I will. I'll let it go to Little Women. That's all yay. Right.
0: <laughs> You'll concede it. Okay, interesting. But okay. I, I mean,
1: as a unanimous pick, Greta Gerwig, a fantastic job.
0: All right. Well, Cole, this is the final award.
1: This is what we've been waiting for.
0: Yes. And what are the nominees?
1: Our Screen Cleanie Best Picture nominees are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Ad Astra, Ford v Ferrari. Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, Little Women, and Marriage Story. Ooh, okay. Discuss. So how many are there? We had seven nominees originally. Uh, When I asked for only five nominees, there were only three that kind of crossed over with each other. And so we expanded our individual nominee lists to ten each. We ended up with seven nominees where at
0: least two of us wanted to talk about it and – these are they i would be surprised if any one of us voted for the same movie out of these seven i'm okay with a three-way tie okay um i feel very strongly from this list uh, my favorite movie of the year kept shifting as i kept seeing more and better films throughout the year at one point ad astro was my favorite movie of the year um I questioned whether A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood or Jojo Rabbit was my favorite movie of the year. Ooh, I I I can't I can't start somebody else has to go first because it's mm. between two movies for me. Well, I
1: am going to name one of them that you mentioned and it's been my pick throughout the year ever since I saw it and it's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood.
2: I acknowledge okay. that
1: this is very much because I'm a product of Western Pennsylvania and I grew up <laughs> watching Mr. Rogers all the time in my childhood. But just the way they're able to connect with the emotion, Tom Hanks's performance especially, being able to do everything that we've already commended him for, and Maryelle Heller's direction of bringing you into the tiny little set pieces like you're on his show and then – Widening out, um, looking at you, making, you know, I mean, Matthew Reese's performance was amazing, but it really was more about what you were experiencing going on a journey with Mr. Rogers guiding you. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood was my favorite movie of 2019.
2: K Rod. You know, Cole, gosh, you made a good argument there. (laughs) Because, so I'm a member of the Broadcast Film Critics. I gave Marriage Story my vote. from what we had to vote from for that organization. But I've watched Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood about five more times because everybody wants to see it. Okay, so
0: before you give your pick then, should I do my argument? Do yours. Okay. So there are two ways to look at this. There's my favorite movie of the year, and there's the movie that I think is the best movie of the year, and they're not the same.
2: Mm. For me, they were.
0: Okay. go ahead. Uh, So do you want my favorite or do you want what I think is the best? I would like your best.
2: Okay. Well, Jeff just changed the rules, so I'm going to do something different. (laughs) Well,
0: No, I'm going to share with you my favorite movie, and then I will admit which one I think is the best. My favorite movie of the year was Jojo Rabbit, a film that – Gives you a silly spin on World War II and some of the events that happened there, which a lot of people were offended by and don't think that that's appropriate. But you have to keep in mind if you go into this movie realizing that this is the point of view that you get from a 10 year old, then you might be a little, you might understand a little better why they chose to make this film. And all of that aside, I think that it is just a a very heartwarming story of forgiveness, of purging yourself of hate, and learning to love those that are different from you because you realize that in the end, we're all the same, right? We're all human beings and ought to be treated with dignity and with love. So that I loved about Jojo Rabbit. However, if I'm honest— Even if it's not a film that I'll sit down and watch all the time or even go see again, the best movie of the year for me was Marriage Story. This is a movie that will make you feel and it will put your jaw on the floor throughout the film as you watch these actors spar against each other. And the acting across the board is just fantastic. And uh, it's got my vote for best picture of the year, Marriage Story. Let me try to sway Rod's
1: vote one more time <laughs> and say that, that um, Marriage Story was very, very actor-driven. And I think it could deserve even both lead actor and lead actress victories if it can get it. But as a movie as a whole, all the other elements that go into it beyond just two people talking, I preferred A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood beyond – and I acknowledge that the best acting we saw all year was everyone in Marriage Story. But the best movie – was a beautiful day in the
2: neighborhood. All okay. Right. My favorite movie of the year was Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Your favorite it, movie. That was of my the year. favorite movie. And you know, I'm I'm am I'm doing Jeff's rules now. I've <laughs> really, really grown to enjoy that movie and it is wonderful filmmaking. And I really appreciate the message in Marriage Story as well. That's probably my second favorite movie of the year. But you know the movie that I felt like if I had to put it together as a director, I would be staying awake all night wondering how am I going to pull that off as well as it got pulled off? It's Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, boy! Interesting. I, I am surprised this film just has always run, I think, in second or third place in so many people's picks. And yet I've watched a lot of racing movies, and I have never felt as pulled into a racing film as that one. The, um, the perspectives from the vehicles— uh, it just were incredibly dynamic. And uh, it was amazing for me. And so just looking at it purely from constructing the movie, and I, I really appreciated the, the acting that was in that film as well. Um, great performances, really, really good use of special effects. And uh, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say I felt like that one was the Okay, yeah. so
0: we have a three-way tie, which is very appropriate because if you've seen Ford versus Ferrari, that movie ended in a three-way tie. It did. <laughs> Spoiler That's alert. That's right. One,
2: two, three, across okay. the line. Okay,
0: so we've had a Ford versus Ferrari type victory for these three pictures. And I think uh, when you get down to it, though, if you want to get technical um, Ford versus Ferrari had a little bit of a head start. And so I think <laughs> I think Ford declared Marriage Story the victor, right? <laughs> well, you know what the Oscars
1: do when there's a tie? They go to that preferential voting thing. And I think if Ford v. Ferrari has a chance to, to show up at the Oscars, it's going be to be because everyone's yeah. fighting for what's best. But everyone kind of liked Ford v.
0: Ferrari, mm-hmm. right? Like if it mm-hmm.
1: shows up as second or third on everyone's list, it might win.
0: Who okay. knows? All right. Well- interesting because when we return now that we've given out all of our screen cleaning awards, we're going to come back. We'll do a little panning for good but we'll also talk about the awards that we think will be handed out or rather who will be walking home with the Oscar this weekend. That's coming up next here on Screen Cleaning.
1: Time is almost here, and we're enjoying it here on Screen Cleaning, giving out our Screen Cleany Squeegee Awards with Jeff Simpson, Rod Gustafson, I'm Cole Wissinger. It's been a joy pseudo-hosting, enjoying some jokes, some picks, and some arguments about what we thought were our favorites and best movies and performances of the entire year. But now... Let's talk about what we think will you know actually win the Oscars, yeah, since that's this weekend
0: so for for best supporting actor, I do think that the award will go to Brad Pitt Boom. he is the only person in this category who has never won an Oscar. Tom Hanks has won two Oscars, and again, as much as it irks me that he was nominated for playing himself and really not doing anything new or even better than what we've seen him do in the past, like in Moneyball or Ad Astra. But uh, he's going to win, and I think people are going to be okay with it and actually kind of excited.
1: I do think it'll be Tom Hanks. I think everyone watching that like, lifetime tribute that the Globes gave him uh, right before their voting was due for the Oscars are going to be a little swayed there at the very end. It's certainly be the Tom better
0: Hanks. performance, although I will say I loved Al Pacino. Hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Just to, as a as like a programming note, uh, Al Pacino was nominated by one of you. Joe Pesci was nominated by the other. I didn't nominate anyone for The Irishman. And so guess what? Neither of them get the <laughs> vote, whereas both got it for the Oscars. What do
2: you think, Rod? Best supporting actor? I think we're going to see Tom Hanks wow. walk up on the stage for this one. I okay. do. I think there is just so much social momentum and everybody wants to do something for this movie so
0: best supporting actress i do believe will be laura dern she's kind of hollywood royalty and uh this is her year to win for sure
1: yeah i mean she'll walk away with it i don't love it but it'll happen
2: and rod yeah, I think, uh, yeah, gosh, this one's tough. I almost wonder if Margot Robbie for Bombshell, just because of the political things going on right now, may have a chance at this, but I think Laura Dern uh, probably will be the person we see take it. Yeah. Yep. Best actor, as much as this irks me, Joaquin Phoenix will win for Joker. As
0: he
1: should. I agree.
2: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I'd like to see Jonathan Price from The Two Popes on this one. But yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is probably going to be the one that's Two going Popes to Two Popes
1: also it. on Netflix, super
2: accessible mm-hmm. and – Yeah, and a wonderful, wonderful film. Beautiful. And of course, Adam yeah. Driver in this category too, who is either going to be Adam or Joaquin Phoenix.
0: Yeah, if there's anybody that will be an upset win, it will be Adam mm-hmm. Driver. Yeah. But I think that's about it. Okay, best actress. Again, I think the Academy is they're suckers for these types of performances, and I think Renee Zellweger is a is a lock to win that one.
1: I'm still rooting for ScarJo in Marriage Story because I'd like to see one of those two marriage story performances win. So I I think that she's got a chance. I, I think Judy's got a little edge right now, though. Well, yeah. Renee for Judy.
2: Yep. Myself as well, Renee Zellweger and Judy.
0: Animated feature, this could be a tough one. I I think Pixar probably has the upper hand just because of you know their Pixar. But I I I hope it's Klaus, but I think it'll be Toy Story four.
1: Yeah, just the way the Academy goes. I think yeah. it's just going to be
2: Toy Story four. <laughs> I still think it has the best story, the best uh, script okay. of the bunch. So Toy Story four. All
0: right. Best director, I think, is going to be Bong Joon Ho for Parasite. I think, since it won't win Best Picture, uh, it's going to get Best Director.
1: Yeah, if we look at some of the other foreign language directors who have made best pictures, you know, I was Alejandro and and Q. L. Alf- Fonzo Ciorron and Guillermo del Toro. In recent
0: and, years, this is where the awards And That is, is kind of where they go. That's a good point, Cole. These yeah, used to go hand in hand, but they really have not been the last decade or two. So I think it's going to go to Bong Joon-ho for Parasite.
2: Yeah. Yep, me too.
0: Okay, and then Best Picture. Uh, I almost forgot about this film because it's one of the two. I think it's one of two that I have not seen. I think Best Picture will be 1917.
1: It's got the lead after winning the Producers Guild Award as well. Um, I mean, Sam Mendes didn't get our our nod for Best Director either. But to film it like it's all one take, I think takes some direction. Uh, I think 1917's got a lead here for Best Picture though.
2: I will agree on that one as well. I think so too, although I won't be surprised if Marriage Story takes it, but 1917 probably. It's will.
0: so interesting, though. This is the first time we're mentioning 1917, and it's the film that is most likely to win Best Picture. Yeah. Because
1: I haven't seen it yet, <laughs> and neither has <is> Jeff. <laughs> okay. 1917 gets a first mention of the day here uh, um, uncut gems is going to get its first mention for me since the joke at the beginning because I think a snub from both our awards and the Oscars themselves are uncut gems for best picture best score best lead performance by Adam Sandler of all people um, I was I was sad but again it's that's probably one that the two of you haven't seen and so it's it's fine but I'll uh, uncut gems was fantastic for me
0: I'm going to go with the one that uh, when Cole and I watched this film together, I walked away thinking, man, he is such an amazing actor. It's no surprise that he continues to be nominated year after year, and uh, he should have been nominated for his work in Ford versus Ferrari,
2: and that's Christian
0: Bale for lead
2: actor. I'm with that. Hmm. Okay. Well, for me, it's the movie I talked about at the beginning of the show, Just Mercy. Uh, you know, usually, the Academy kind of likes movies like that. They're, you know, advocating movies and that type of thing. And I was surprised it's not anywhere. And I thought it was really well written, really important story, great performances, and it should have been in there.
0: Okay. And as you know, we like to end each show by doing a little panning for good. There's good in them there
2: hills. Whoa!
0: you know with so many films That are produced, first of all, and so many films that could even be considered for an Oscar, it's no surprise that there are going to be plenty of snubs, right? So what do you do as an actor, performer, filmmaker when you are inevitably snubbed? Hopefully you can do it with a little bit of grace, or in this case, hopefully you can do it with a little bit of humor. I think back to the year when a lot of people felt that Albert Brooks was snubbed for his performance in the film drive and he just went on kind of this twitter rant and kept joking like sending out all these jokes on twitter one of them was to the academy you don't like me you really don't like me to kind of uh you know mirror what sally field did when she won an oscar but uh the one that i really liked from albert brooks was i got robbed I don't mean the Oscars. I mean literally. My pants and shoes have been stolen. <laughs> so I love it when actors can gracefully address the fact that they've been snubbed and just take a moment to thank people that campaigned for them or for the opportunity opportunity that they even had to be in the movie in the first place. I know a lot of people pointed to Adam Sandler's tweets where he was excited for congratulated Mama. Kathy Bates. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I I love that. I love seeing people that can lose graciously. And And at the end
1: of the day, the Oscars are just the Oscars. Everyone gets to still have their favorite movies.
2: uh, My favorite was the Lego movie when they made the Oscar out of Lego.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's going to do it for this very special episode of Screen Cleaning. We want to thank Rod Gustafson for being on the show today, Rod. Rod, Thank Thank you. you.
2: It's fun being here.
0: And make sure to tune in each and every week here on BYU Radio. We're here at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can download the podcast. Tune in also to the Oscars on February 9th to see who is going to walk away with that special award. That's going to do it for this episode of Screen Cleaning. Until next time.